We're all about strengthening women's personal lives. Welcome to Elevate Women with Aisha Skygates. I'm Aisha, and my fascinating guest today is Giantica Mukherjee Amsbacher. She's a women's confidence coach. She helps women in corporate America to embrace their accomplishments and their feminine brain to shine in their careers. She has been recently featured in Thrive Global, Fox, NBC, and CBS. Shyantika, welcome, and thanks for coming. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be part of this episode. I'm so happy. Thank you for having me here. Of course. You and I have a lot in common, don't we? Yeah, we do. And I'm going to be very honest that I'm proud to be a woman of color Mm -hmm. who is here in corporate America making my way. I have my own struggle. I'm sure we can relate to that. Yes, we can. I am very happy that I found my calling to do this work for the other women as well. We are proud of you. You and I both, we want to contribute to the further empowerment of women all women. Yeah. And I thought of something else. We both want to see women living happy lives. Yes, because a very wise woman's book that I read, Valerie Burton, she said, happy women live longer. So we want to be happy so that we can have a long life. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, a long and full and satisfying life for our sake. Yes. Yes. Now, to that end, you have a wonderful podcast that's full of terrific information for women. I know because I've listened with subjects that, this is my opinion, subjects that I don't think get talked about as much as they should. So tell us the name of your podcast and tell us a little bit about it. My podcast name is It's the Feel Good Factor, a women's lab. I named it because my background is I'm an R&D scientist at Intel Corporation. That's my job. And so I wanted to incorporate the fact that women in mostly jobs like engineering, medicine, they are always in a more stressful situation because the logical side of our brain, which is the masculine brain here, is more in play than our feminine brain. And I have experienced this firsthand because I found that my feminine side of my brain doesn't get much food while I'm at work. So I have to constantly feed it with some kind of creativity, something so that I can amalgamate the function of both sides of my brain. So that is Mm -hmm. one backdrop of being in a profession like engineering Mm -hmm. constantly requires you to use logic and reasoning and numbers while your creative side kind of starts to take the backseat. And as women, we are more intuitive, we are creative, we have that side and that needs some food, some stimulation. Yes, and you're not talking about one versus the other, but rather that both should be employed. Yes. 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 Right. We're looking for balance here. Balance, yes. Yes. Yeah, just as healthy human beings, whether you're a male or a female or whatever gender, Shantika, you have a unique coaching program, too, that I'm very interested in. Yes, I offer this coaching program for 
nine to five C-suit women who are in a high stress job, like the where they have to use a lot of their masculine side of the brain. And I teach them how to amalgamate their feminine side as well. Because if you keep using your masculine side, eventually it is one side is way used up and the other side is just lazy. So you will eventually burn yourself out because you're actually using yourself to half of your potential. Mm -hmm. So that's why women in these jobs feel more burnout because they're not using their brain to the fullest capacity, the fullest potential. Mm -hmm. So I teach them in my program how to, first of all, ditch all the limiting belief system that they have about how women should be in these jobs, Mm -hmm. that you don't have to act male, you can be a complete female and still be very successful in what you're doing. Yeah. So why don't you and I begin to discuss some of those early ideas that got us here in the first place. So where would you think that ideas about womanhood and who we're supposed to be, where do you think those come from? I would say that it comes from years and years of how uh, women have been like raised in like by our older generation. Like example for me, I come from a country that actually doesn't really think that women should be in these jobs in these high stress jobs like engineering or which are predominantly male for example when I wanted to go study engineering I always got the feedback from my older family members that you are a woman you don't need, you don't need to do all that you should go to us in like a music training school or like a dancing school so that because those are more marriageable like qualities that they can market for women like me <laughs> But if I'm too smart, if I become too smart, uh-huh. they cannot, they probably won't be able to find a suitor for me who going to be okay with that kind of a smartness. Uh-huh. That was the old thinking. Mm-hmm. And I had to convince my dad like over and over that it is a good investment on me if you invest on my academics because the ROI is going to be 10 times higher than just spending on a grand wedding. <laughs> we can we can laugh about those but it's really serious isn't it it is and I cannot tell you how many times I have come across women who are stuck in this circle that they are not being able to reason with uh, their older generation I hope it is changing in the future I hope that we are educating mm-hmm. and we are going to pass on like the right kind of information to our next generation so mm-hmm. that they don't have to keep reasoning with us about the changes. There's still going to be differences, but there's at least this fundamental things are going to be taken care of by the time we go in like 20, 30s or something. You and I are working on that, aren't we? Yeah, I'm I'm really happy that I found my calling that, yeah, I, yes. I mean, when I saw that, hey, I face this and I know that exactly what you should be doing now mm-hmm. to so that people coming in the next generation don't have to you know go through the exact same problem I can start working and make a slight change whatever I can do mm-hmm. it will be a ripple effect of somebody else carrying on my work in the future absolutely that's what we believe in is women supporting other women 
Yes, exactly. Yes. yes. We shouldn't be looking at each other as competitors, which is basically has been done to us from mm-hmm. over like so many years. Mm-hmm. We should be now standing in one side of the situation and strengthening each other. And that's why my company logo, which is the feel good factor, says show six women together because <laughs> I believe in the community aspect of women very, very much. One of the things that I heard in what you just said was about the attitudes of the older generations and their priority was in satisfying what a man find pleasing. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And that, of course, is not unique to India and Indian cultures. No. No. (laughs) It's worldwide (laughs) that if you flip that, then that's also saying women are not being prioritized. Yes. Absolutely. And I think that has ingrained or infused us with this aspect of trying to please everyone. Mm -hmm. Even at jobs, I see that women are trying to please their managers or please their co-workers. Mm -hmm. They are thinking like, oh, I don't really want to do any work right now. But if I say no, then this person will be offended. I mean, then what about your healthy boundaries? What about your boundaries? Mm -hmm. You're not protecting that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I see that because that pleasing aspect has been infused in our DNA for like years and years, and it's still there. Yes, and contributes to one of your subjects, which is burnout. Yes, exactly. Because you will keep saying yes to everybody. Eventually, mm-hmm. you forget to say yes to yourself. <laughs> yeah. And like my husband, the first thing my husband told me when we, I mean, my husband is from United States and it is a culturally very, we are, we are different. And sometimes I mix it up and I kind of bring in my Indian education of how, how I should be with my husband. And sometimes when I even tell him my new things that I'm going to go take a shower right now, he's like, you don't have to let me know. I would tell him that, oh, you, I don't have to. Oh, probably <laughs> That's because I think somehow, even in, even d- deep down there, I know I've been doing my work over the course of years, but yes. deep down there, yes. I still feel like I'm obligated to re- you know tell him what I'm doing, my whereabouts. But yes. Because it has been done to me for so many years, it's hard to get it off my conditioning, but mm-hmm. eventually I'll get there. And that's what I've started to work with other women so that I can also start the work. <laughs> yes, I know what you mean exactly, right? Yeah. So lessons that I think that I have totally conquered, uh, the programming comes up, right? And will surprise yeah. me, just a little something that's there at the surface. And I'm going, where did that come from? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we don't know. These are small, small things that we don't understand that it is there. And mm-hmm. the other bigger problems are just the like the extension of the small issues. And we mm-hmm. don't understand, okay, well, I have this problem, but I don't know the root cause of it, uh, mm-hmm. where it lies. Yes. It's because even the small things that we are doing in the day that are also kind of negligible, but they are, they are also the seeds of this big problem that you have. I agree. Yes, yeah. indeed. So tell us what's, what's on your list for good self-care. For self-care, I have at least started to like uh, draw my boundaries in terms of when I stop working. Work. Like, mm-hmm. Yes. 
especially with this new normal of working from home, there's mm-hmm. really no clear boundaries of when you start and when you close. I understand sometimes things can come up, which are emergency and stuff like that. But I still make it a point that 5 p.m. onwards, my laptop is closed. I don't check my emails until I am paged, like I'm actually texted <laughs> to do something or to take a look at something which I think is, is going to be the emergency situation. And that's how I'm going to draw the boundary. Yes. And I definitely make it a point that I, you know, like I'm taking care of myself, like physical self-care. I know self-care is not about just a bubble bath, right. but but for me, it's a very, very integral part of my <laughs> You get to include that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I like, I just like baths. That's one thing, it's non-negotiable for me. But if, wherever I go live, I want a, a nice ba- bathtub. Bathtub, right? <laughs> You're entitled. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> um, would you like to reflect on Elevate Women's mantra? which is, I have the right to my own personal happiness. Yes. So it took me a long time to understand that, especially when you are, I don't want to say that you have already like some unsaid commitments with your parents, with your, you know, like maybe some friends or some other family members being brought up in a country like India kind of brings all those baggages because you are somehow somehow you are tied to your parents like you have to tell them everything you're doing but sometimes that may or may not be the reason you are I mean that can cause happiness for you but you have to do it because your parents have that expectation or somebody else have that expectation Mm -hmm. so I was very connected to my parents and because that's how we are culturally brought up. Mm -hmm. So it took me a long time to actually separate myself from that obligation that I can do something which is a personal happiness to me Mm -hmm. that may or may not be a happiness to my parents. Yes. Uh, That step was getting married to my husband because Mm -hmm. he is not from India and Mm -hmm. my parents initially weren't very... They were not very, you know, they weren't pleased in favor of marrying him because Mm -hmm. they didn't want to mix the two cultures. Um, Mm -hmm. And it took me a long time to actually be okay with the fact that even if they are not happy, this is my personal choice that makes me happy. Yes. And I want to go with it. I'd love for you. Let's end with um, you're talking about your coaching program again. What would women gain from your coaching program? And then, of course, I'd love it to, for you to tell our listeners how to get in touch with you. Sure. My coaching program is called Wise Women Who Invest in Success and Excellence. This is mainly when they, they come into this coaching program, they are either burnout or they're feeling the overwhelm or the stress every day. They don't know how to actually manage their productivity and they are afraid to speak up and draw the real boundary in their work. They think that probably when they are going to do that, they're going to just sabotage their success growth in the company or in the company setting. So when I work with them, I first of all, detox that thought Mm -hmm. that it is not it has nothing to do with how you think about your situation in the in the company, because If you think about it, 
what you think about your manager is optional. What you think about the government is optional. What you think about your parents is optional. Thoughts are optional. And the right to choose the right thought is what is in our hands. And when you change how you are thinking and how your thoughts are actually because what we think is what we are and how we see the world. Yes. So if we can change that, that is the key to living a really blissful life. And I have firsthand found that because imposter syndrome can actually get you, get you to the extent that you are, even though you are very successful in academics, you will be working your finger to bones because you will think that I am still not good enough. And yes. that good enough has no limit. Yes. You can achieve ABC, you st still think I'm not good enough. You achieve DEF, you still think I'm not yeah. good enough yeah. because it has no ending. Yes. And that is a vicious circle that nobody should be going into and women get affected more by this because they are constantly struggling with their half male part of their brain not <laughs> amalgamating their female brain <laughs> and working half their potential so this is just a simple math if you are using your whole brain to work in your it, you can do wonders and that's what I teach them in this program and if they want to get in touch with me it's get on my website it's the feelgoodfactor.com where they will get all the information on how to get enrolled in this program. I hope that you have enjoyed this Elevate Women episode. You can learn more about my guest and discover how to contact her by referring to my show notes. Please let us hear from you. Write comments wherever you listen to podcasts. If you do, you will be helping others to find Elevate Women. To learn more about Elevate Women Collaborative, its events, and how you can get involved, please visit elevatewomen.com. That's Elevate Women, W-O-M-X-N, elevatewomen.com. Thanks for listening today. Subscribe to Elevate Women Podcast so that you won't miss a single episode. Subscribe and keep listening to Elevate Women with Aisha Skygates.